Welcome to Disney Versus, hosted by a poor unfortunate soul and someone who has an obsession with humans. You be the judge who is who. <laughs> this is also the podcast where we have animated discussions about animated movies. I am Tori. I'm Grace. Today we are discussing two, two-ish, live-action Disney adaptations that came one out One and a half. Recently. Yeah, one and a half. That's good. Uh, Peter Pan and Wendy, which was released on Disney Plus in April. And the new Little Mermaid that just came out, that is now in theaters, that just came out a couple days ago. Woo! I know a lot of you are wondering, where the hell have we been? Morning. Uh, the answer is morning. Yes. <laughs> and crying. Yes. So, what happened was, <clears throat> we were working on, uh, as, as some of you know, we have been going through our Bracket of the Ages series, and... Back in, let's say, March, we were uh, working on a large two-part episode for the Renaissance. We had a bunch of guests. We had a long recording session. And during the cutting and editing of that two-part episode, my hard drive crashed. Just, no. it completely died. It burnt up. Not burnt up, but... Yeah, my entire hard drive just crashed, and I lost the entire episode. I lost two-fifths of the episode, because I still have Grace's audio, and I still have Corey's audio backed up on uh, the Google Drive. But the rest of it, my audio, John's audio, Carrie's audio, no more. It took me a month and a half to find out that that audio wasn't recoverable, and to get a new drive, and to get that drive replaced, or installed, and to get a new uh, OS installed on my laptop. I'm on the same laptop that I was using before, just everything is basically brand new. So, several tears were shed, several apologies were made, and yeah, took a break to figure out what to do next. You will never hear that episode. But our plan somehow is to do something similar but different to discuss the Renaissance because I know a lot of us that are Disney adults, Disney adults right now were raised on the Renaissance and we wanted to do something big for that era. This is a cautionary tale. Don't get sloppy with your redundancies. <laughs> yep. Everything is being, but don't disrespect the cloud, basically. In cloud, we trust. It was about jokes. four and a half hours of recording time. Yes. With a couple of breaks thrown in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For So two episodes, five people. It was a lot. Yeah. Um, and it, you know what? We got, what, a, we're like almost 90 episodes somewhere around there right now. So we got pretty far before we had a catastrophic failure. But man, we really, we had to go hard. Yeah, this is the biggest... <laughs> This, Literally this, the, the most footage that we've ever needed for an episode. And it all, it's all gone. It's, it's all, it all burned up. With all that said, uh, Grace, what you watching? Uh, Amber and I are in the middle of season three of How to Get Away with Murder. Ooh. I'm about halfway through the new season of Ted Lasso after doing a full rewatch. And I just finished reading slash listening to The Culture Code, which... Highly recommend some really great nuggets for, for building a healthy workplace culture. Okay, I was about to ask what that what the culture code is about. Oh man, I was just telling you off mic, I watched How to Get Away with Murder live, like as it was airing. Like that was my, mm -hmm. what was it, Thursday night, TGIT, that was my mm -hmm. show. I didn't watch Scandal, I definitely didn't watch Grey's Anatomy, but yo, when it was time for How to Get Away with Murder, the shit stopped. <laughs> i think i watched the first like season and a half and i don't think i watched it when it was coming out i think i i started watching it when i had a break with grays which i'm i'm behind on this season i think i'm like five episodes behind at this point but still watching but why though everybody's gone listen commitment it's it's it, it just just be proud that i have a good commitment to something clarify for me i'm pretty sure gray is no longer part of Grey's Anatomy. Her voice is, and I think she'll make cameo, like, or not cameo, but I think she'll make one-off appearances, but she is not a main cast member now. 
It's her show. I, it, Just go with it, it. It doesn't make... It's coming to... Like, it's got to be coming to an end. We we know this. Just... I've literally been watching it for more than half my life. When we did our Lion King casting, uh, fan casting, I picked Carla DeSouza. Or, sorry, Carla Sousa. Because of How to Get Away with Murder. Wait, who's she? She's Laurel. Oh, I love Laurel. She was my pick for adult Nala. Yeah, she'd be good. Speaking of shows that are Disney produced, I have been watching, or I watched uh, during my vacation, I watched uh, Muppets Mayhem, which is a show just about Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. <laughs> it's a great show. They, uh, It's basically them working on their first album that's been owed for, I think, 30 years, 30 or 40 years. Their, their, record, their, their record label was like, here's money for an album. And then they never made the album. So my question is, is there an album at the end of it? Yes. Like, do we get an album? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I bought the album. Nice. And it's a, it's a collection of the songs that they make in the show and mm. uh, like other, other, other extra songs too. Other Muppet classics? No, no, no. Just extra stuff oh, from The Electric other... Man. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then it's score from the, um, from the show itself by uh, Michael Giacchino. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah. yeah, it's 10 episodes. Good, quick watch, because I think they're all, I want to say they're all 30 minutes, 30, 40 minute mm-hmm. episodes. They're not long at all. A lot of guest cameos. Like, I'm a, I'm a Kevin Smith fan, and he shows up in an episode, and it's perfect, because they make a lot of jokes about his, like, they make jokes about his movies that he makes, so mm-hmm. really funny. Kevin Smith. Yeah. I'm not nearly as good at actors as Tori is. Kevin Smith is a director. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, there you go. Just names in general. Yeah. And I've also been watching Love and Death on formerly HBO Max, now Max, starring Elizabeth Olsen and Jesse Plemons. Okay. And it's about the Wiley murder of Betty Gore. Elizabeth Olsen plays Candy, Go- Candy Montgomery. And hmm. Jesse Plemons plays Alan Gore, who was having an affair with Candy before uh, his wife was murdered. Um, I like Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, they're both great. They're both great in the show. And the best part is it's set in Texas. I think I was telling you about it. It's set in Texas. Mm-hmm. I was having a hard time getting through the first episode because of the, the quote, Texan accents. <laughs> Got yeah. some interesting ones in there. Yeah. It not only is it set in Texas, it's set like 30 minutes, 30, 40 minutes from where I live. Mm-hmm. And, and Wiley and McKinney, and uh, they name drop Plato also. And it's mm-hmm. it's in Collin County, which is the county that I'm in. So it's like, oh, that's crazy. I can literally drive to some of these places. Um, we're going to skip news for this episode. We might just do a news episode for all the stuff that we've missed while we were gone. During the episode that is that was lost, we did scratch our heads and groan about the announcement of Toy Story 5 and Frozen 3. And I don't, I don't know about Grace, but I am over the moon about Zootopia 2. Or as I'm saying it in my head, Zootopia <laughs> I'm also excited about Zootopia. Zootopia. Um, I Zootopia. It's gonna be a thing. <sighs> it's not. Um, but I've already blocked that. There's gonna be a Toy Story five. That's like literally went in one year and out the other. Did I don't? No, thank you, please. Really... We just have one and three. That's all we needed. We're not gonna start this fight again. Okay, moving on. Skipping the news. also skipping over this next segment (laughs) uh i to be fair i'm the only person that i say we're going to talk about peter pan and wendy but i'm the only person who watched peter pan and wendy in my defense i heard only negative things about it so i wasn't encouraged to watch it i have some positive things to say but it's not more than the negative thing so i'm not gonna you know throw more dirt on this movie I will just say, uh, directed by David Lowry, who directed the 2016 Peach Dragon, 
and The Green Knight, which is still on my to-watch list because that's a movie I did hear a lot of good things about. Written by David Lowry and Toby Holbrook, sorry, Toby Halbrooks, who wrote the 2016 Pete's Dragon, starring Jude Law, Alexander Maloney, Ever Anderson, and Yara Sahidi. Uh, the music was by Daniel Hart, who also did the music for the 2016 Pete's Dragon and The Green Knight. It, ha- it currently has a 62% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 4.1 out of 10 on IMDb, and a 61 on Metacritic. Woof. I mean, that Rotten Tomatoes score isn't that bad, given that the movie that we're about to talk about has a similar score, but I have a theory about that. Interesting. My thoughts about Peter Pan and Wendy is similar to my thoughts about a lot of these live-action remakes. It just lacks the magic and whimsy of the Mm -hmm. actual, like, the actual source material, I will say, because most of these live-action adaptations are just straight adaptations. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of things in Peter Pan and Wendy that they they take a lot of things out of Peter Pan and don't put them in Peter Pan and Wendy. The, a lot of the vignettes, like the episode at the Mermaid Lagoon, or mm-hmm. the episode, the the vignette with the Indians. There are hardly mm-hmm. any. There are hardly any Native Americans. Tiger Lily is still there. I like when she's introduced. She's speaking her native language, and it's just subtitled. But the Lost Boys just understand her. Mm-hmm. I like the Lost Boys. The collection of the Lost Boys. Um, I think I texted you when I was watching it. It's a very diverse group. There are males, there are females, there are a pair of twins who don't have British accents. (laughs) Um, Tiger Lily, I guess, is a lost boy. There's a lost boy who has Down syndrome, which I was like, okay, that wasn't wasn't on my bingo card for this movie. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to spoil this movie. Spoilers for both of the movies that we're going to mention. At the end of this movie, everybody but Peter... And Tinkerbell goes back, and Captain Hook obviously goes back to London. So all the oh. all the Lost Boys end up in the Darling's bedroom, and I'm just like, oh. what about the kids who don't have British accents? Clearly, they aren't from London. So <laughs> what's the plan with them? And it's a pretty even. And Tiger Lily doesn't go back to London. Obviously, I didn't like. I like Jude Law as Captain Hook. I didn't like kid who played peter pan Hmm. he was kind of full of himself but he didn't have the whimsical arrogance that peter pan is supposed to have he was Mm -hmm. a jerk but he wasn't like nice about it you know yeah the relationship between him and wendy like they they weren't really together on screen a lot Hmm. i just didn't enjoy it it was it was very boring too as yeah how long was it um about 106 minutes. Good hour 46. Okay. Good. It's good length. Can't complain about the length. But yeah, when it's boring. Yeah, it just dragged. It yeah, drags. doesn't matter. The sets, uh, the, the pirate ship reminded me like, oh, they just took the pirate set out of mothballs and used that because it looks very similar. So mm-hmm. I appreciated that. And something that stuck in my craw was... The flying, like there's a lot of flying in this movie. Mm-hmm. And it was, I said, it was, like I said, it was very uninteresting. I was thinking, just sitting there, like, how could I make this more interesting? And something I came up with was kind of the transition from flying to fighting make that more interesting. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, between the MCU and Pirates of the Caribbean and The Matrix, which I showed my me and my mom watch The Matrix over, I think it was Christmas break? It was a holiday break, and we just watched The Matrix. It was mm-hmm. really interesting. My mom had never seen The Matrix, and I don't think she got it, which is fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, a, a lot of the action set pieces and fight scenes that I've seen since we've been doing this podcast, it's like, this could have been a lot more interesting than it was. And yeah. it just it just wasn't... I think that's my indictment of the movie. It just wasn't interesting. What uh, what score would you give it? I'd say probably a four. 
I think that IMDb score is pretty pretty straight. Is pretty, pretty close. Close head on. Uh, the music was fine. I I do kind of like the change in the relationship between Hook and Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. They are friends. They they were friends, and something changed, and it turned them into enemies. But their resolution to their conflict felt unearned because mm-hmm. it wasn't explored all that much. Yeah. And I was looking, the, the one thing I look for in these, uh, in a lot of these remakes are uh, relationships. Like I wanted more, in, sorry, relationships and interactions. I wanted more interactions with Wendy and the Lost Boys, the Lost Boys and Peter Pan. It's unfortunate that I recently read Second Star to the Right, which is the twisted tale for Peter Pan, where mm-hmm. the loss, and I get it, books have a lot more time to develop characters and relationships and all the interactions that I'm, that I'm looking for. But the Lost Boys have a very big role, not role, but they have a big development in that book. Mm-hmm. And the, a problem with a lot of these remakes is that they are vastly longer than their subject material, their source material. Yeah. It's like, okay, with all that extra time, give me more, you know, relationship. Yeah. So give me more interaction. I think we've really just been set up for every Peter Pan story to be a disappointment after Hook. Like, you're just really not going to get better than that, I don't think. Yeah. I remember looking at a, I think it was a comment on Twitter or on iCheck about uh, skip this. If you want to watch a remake or a live action remake that's not Hook, or if you don't want to watch the original Disney version, watch the 2003 Peter Pan, which I remember seeing in theaters. Good God. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I still have the movie ticket from it, the ticket stuff, but. I kind of want to watch that and see, is it good? Is it what I'm looking for? And I realized, like, there's a, there are a lot of Peter Pan adaptations. Because I was thinking yes. about it. There's the one from the 60s. There's Hook. There's 2003. There's Pan with uh, Hugh Jackman. Another one that I'm, I think came out between the 03 and Pan. But yeah, it's one of those stories that just keeps coming back in different forms yeah Yeah. why do we why do we keep making the same stuff (laughs) you know it's on disney plus right now watch it make your own observations make your own draw your own conclusions make it a drinking game i guess but the main attraction that we're going to talk about on the other side of this trailer break the 2023 little mermaid starring hallie bailey Mm -hmm. here's a trailer and when we come back we are going to talk about the little mermaid You broke the rules. You went to the above world. A man was drowning. I had to save him. This obsession with humans has to stop. I just want to know more about them. Ariel, don't! Poor child. I can help you. You can't live in that world unless you become a human yourself. Is that even possible? (laughs) It's what I live for. (laughs) Something about you seems different. I can't quite figure it out. She got legs, you idiot. I don't know where, I don't know how, but I know something's starting right now. Watch and you'll see. Someday You're a mermaid. That doesn't make us enemies. The Little Mermaid.
Mermaid was directed by Rob Marshall, whose credits, he has a pretty good track record. He directed Chicago, Memoirs of a Geisha, which I love that movie, and its soundtrack. He directed Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides, which is Pirates 4. He directed Into the Woods and Mary Poppins Returns, so he has a pedigree with Disney. Film was written by David McGee, who wrote Finding Neverland, Life of Pi, Mary Poppins Returns, and the uh, most recent film uh, with Tom Hanks, A Man Called Otto. The movie stars uh, Halle Bailey, Jonah Howard King, David Diggs, Melissa McCarthy, Aquafina, Jacob Tremblay, and Javier Bardem. The music was done again by Alan Menken, and uh, new lyrics for songs by Lin-Manuel Miranda. It ha- currently has a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes, has a 7 out of 10 on IMDb, has a 59 on Metacritic, and something we haven't had to talk about in a while, uh, Box Office. Mm. It's... Uh, in its opening weekend for Memorial Day, not including today because I forgot to check the numbers today, uh, on the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of its release, brought in uh, $117.5 million domestic and $185.8 million worldwide. Before we get to first impression, and I read an article about this this morning, my hunch that it's Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic scores are so low is because of review bombing. Like worldwide mm. review bombing. Yeah. The as everybody knows, the controversy surrounding this movie is Ariel's black, gasp, mm. clutches pearls, and not just here in America, but I think on a global scale, mm-hmm. it's it's everybody was affected and everybody had a had an opinion about it. You know, mostly negative. A lot of them were positive. It's unfortunate that that's affecting the box office so much or the the score so much yeah i i'm inclined to agree with you that um whether it's individuals or bots or whatever um i don't think yeah i don't think that these scores are representative of of how the movie of what it really is i can't remember what site it was exactly but a lot of a lot of sites were changing how the scores were weighted so if people were review bombing it didn't affect it as much as it was as it would without you know changing the weight and i think that's needed especially Mm -hmm. for movies like you know this and captain marvel was a victim of that too and just like if you don't like something don't be a dick about it be it's okay to be critical but it's not okay to be a dick Mm-hmm. you know let let people enjoy things don't ruin it for the people who like things and want to like a thing you know mm-hmm. but i'm happy to see that it, like i'm on twitter a lot these days i'm happy to see that people are sharing the the good things about this movie yeah so me too speaking of the good things um uh, mm-hmm. grace what'd you think first impressions i really liked it i um I kept myself pretty isolated from any clips or anything beforehand. I think I watched the one longer trailer and um, I've been following Halle Bailey on um, Instagram, but she really wasn't giving too many teasers before the movie was released. Um, so yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I know that first trailer, I think the one that premiered at the Super Bowl, that trailer was in front of it everything mm-hmm. like i saw that trailer maybe 30 times when the, when the longer one came out i'm like okay let me watch this one twice and never watch another trailer for this movie again because <laughs> i knew we were going to do it for the show and i'm like i'm going to see this movie so mm-hmm. i don't the, that's what i hate about a lot of trailers now like the popular mm-hmm. movies you see the trailer everywhere it's like oh guardians of the galaxy 3 i don't need a trailer at all for this movie just remind me that see? it's coming out and I'm going to see I it. hardly ever see trailers anymore though unless I seek them out because I don't watch like I don't watch cable I stream all of my stuff directly and the ads in front of Hulu aren't movie ads for the most part True. um and I'm not going to the movies as much as I used to so I I was excited to see all of the previews before this movie I thought it was interesting that there were some Dreamworks 
trailers thrown in there. Oh yeah, um, what's what's that migration? Like, what is this shit? Yes, yeah. What about you? First impressions. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start off by saying this movie was not for me. Mm-hmm. This is a movie for this is a young girls movie. I am neither okay. I am neither young nor girl. This movie is not targeted at me, but it is my job as a co-host of this podcast and a lover of Disney movies to be objective and as a lover of stories to criticize. Mm-hmm. That being said, I didn't love this movie. Okay. I didn't love it. Are there good things about it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Are there things to are there bad things about this movie? Also, yes. Is it good? Yes. Mm-hmm. Will I watch it again? Probably not. But yeah, that's really the best. That's the best way I the can summary. Yes. Okay. Well, let's get into what you did like about it. Spoilers for this movie. I really liked number one. I think my biggest takeaway that I said, "Oh, I really like this." If this is what if we're going, this is what we're going with. I really mm-hmm. liked that they changed the island mm-hmm. to they were basically in the caribbean yeah instead of some some european unknown. King, yeah unknown european kingdom i really yeah. like that's like oh we are going full caribbean there are black people there are people of all colors the mm-hmm. the music is is caribbean um the queen is is black for some reason and mm-hmm. Like I, I like that they went full tilt on changing the culture of the setting of this movie. That's something mm-hmm. that I really, really enjoyed. I really like that aspect too. I think it's interesting that they didn't they they made it Caribbean, but it's still nondescript enough. Yes. <laughs> and and I like that. I I don't want to think about this as a specific island. I want I want to think about it as a fantasy island. That's has some of these cultures that we're familiar with mm-hmm. um, and they're experiencing some, some trade issues and, and need to explore. Like I, I liked having that plot line kind of roughly thrown in there. I liked how Triton's daughters were all daughters of the seven seas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't help but thinking like, Oh, this is this is kind of a Zeus tale. Uh, yes, that's and... exactly what I said too. <laughs> and I wonder how much like I I really don't know that much about Trident and mythology or or the the god of the sea and mythology, but I I would not be surprised <laughs> if there's some similar tendencies. I think it's similar, but I don't think Poseidon or Triton, if he's in an analog for Poseidon. I don't think Poseidon got around as much as Zeus did. Mm-hmm. Yo, Zeus got <laughs> Zeus got around. Yeah. So I did like that. I liked some of the new songs. I didn't like some of the others. <laughs> Tori just made a real, real stank face. I. <laughs> um, we're we're talking about things that we liked. I liked Ariel's uh, musical monologue that she had going. Mm-hmm. Her musical inner monologue that she had going on. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because a, a couple of minutes before Ariel meets the Sea Witch, I think Halle Bailey, who's been killing it at this up to this point, mm-hmm. isn't going to be. Yes, she's not going to be speaking for the next thirty-ish <laughs> minutes. So what are we mm-hmm. going to do? They found a way to have her essentially have her voice taken away, but keep her voice. Yeah. So I thought that was creative. Yeah, and I think it worked really well. Uh, absolutely. Some of the things that they took from the Broadway production, like mm-hmm. uh, Air, uh, Ursula being Ariel's aunt, is from the mm-hmm. Broadway version. Uh, the extended version of uh, Fathoms Below, mm-hmm. the song that they sing on the boat, that is from the Broadway version. Making Ariel and Eric bond over their love of like collecting and knickknacks. Mm-hmm. That was interesting. That was a nice wrinkle uh, mm-hmm. that I think people will like because it's just, oh, she falls in love with the first guy that she sees. Mm-hmm. No, she she listens to him talk about, you know, what he wants for his kingdom and wanting to reach uh, reach out to traders on the boat. Um, mm-hmm. And they connect over, you know, their collections of things. 
Mm-hmm. And there's a genuine, you know, connection there, I think. Yeah. So. And that didn't exist. So, and am I remembering correctly, you really, like, aggressively didn't like the animated version of this. Is that right? I'm not going to say didn't like, because every time I watch it, I'm like, damn, this is, this is actually a good movie. But... <laughs> There are, I have a lot it's problematic. of... problematic. Yes. I have a, it's problematic yeah. and I have a lot of problems with some of the logic of the movie. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the, that's the logic, yeah, of the movie. And it's just, I, I can poke I always had, yeah, I always had prob- problems with the logic of Vanessa. Like, how is he not going to recognize that she's someone different? But it made, it makes you want to go back and watch it because it was very clear that he was looking for someone else. Yeah. And that Ariel... And Vanessa were two different people. And now I'm wondering, did I misinterpret the animated version of this for 30 years? <laughs> I do like that they that they kind of address that where when she's singing to him after she, you know, mm-hmm. after she saves him, you get his POV for a good two minutes. Or not two yeah. minutes. For a good portion of time while he's looking at her singing. And you see mm-hmm. what he's seeing. And he's like, yeah. he's in concussion vision right now. Like mm-hmm. all it all it is is blurry. So I also like that they tied it. Her singing was her siren song that was actually saving him. Yes, um, which is something that like that never occurred to me before. I thought that was well done and adds a little bit to more to the sacrifice that she's making um, as a mermaid. I like the music, of course. Um, mm-hmm. I like that Alan Menken got to go back and be a little bit more cinematic with. A lot of his, oh, mm-hmm. not, I'm not going to use the word cinematic. Maybe I'm going to say bombastic with a lot of things, like mm-hmm. the ending of the movie. A lot of the 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 action scenes, the music during the action scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I made a comment about, and I made I I made a point to make a comment about this. There are about four or five jump scares in this movie where I literally jumped in the movie, and I was like, "Why the fuck am I jumping?" I think that's just a you thing. I mean, a lot <laughs> I didn't of them jump at all. A lot of them had to do with uh, Ursula, like going into the grotto mm. when things were like grabbing her. It's like, what the fuck am I? Why am I so jumpy? I might have jumped then. I think it was that and the shark attack. I think the the shark attack made me jump once. Oh, or twice. I definitely jumped at the shark attack. Yeah, just once, but yeah, yeah. I thought that was really well done. Like I was definitely tense. And, like, it was a little scary. Yeah, it was a tense scene. That and, I mean, even the battle at the end with Ursula, which I'm glad, Mm -hmm. something that I like, I'm glad that Ariel is the one who kills Ursula this time. She's the Mm -hmm. one who somehow uh, pilots the the ship and Mm -hmm. spears Ursula. Yeah. So that is is a big problem that I had with the animated version, that Ariel does not kill the big bad. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Eric is the one who does it in the animated movie, and it's fixed here. I also mm-hmm. like that Ariel expresses that she's she's noticing the cost of her decisions. Mm-hmm. Because go listen back to episodes. I Ariel's a problem for me in that movie because she doesn't learn anything, but she still gets mm-hmm. whatever she wants. Yeah. Okay, so what about what you disliked? These are these are less nitpicks and more macro issues with the Disney live action remake engine as a whole. Mm, mm-hmm. There are a lot of instances in this movie where lines are said, and it's like, "Oh, I know, I know the Little Mermaid more than I more than I thought because this is exactly the same exact lines, exact scenes from mm-hmm. the original." Mm-hmm. Very little is done to change. As as much as we just talked about they changed, mm-hmm. that's a that's a very small portion to what is actually different in this movie. I thought there was quite a bit that was different. And I appreciated, and I think the scenes that were the same were done well. And also had more to do with songs, I think. But the, okay. the, the first act of this movie is basically the same as the mm-hmm. first act of the animated version Mm -hmm. and it's just like what are we doing this for like okay Mm -hmm. so far the beginning of this like so far i'm in the camp this movie didn't need to exist yeah what are we gonna do different from here on out Mm -hmm. it changed that i'm not gonna say that i disliked i'm still on the fence about changing sebastian's character from 
he was the court composer to the mm-hmm. and they changed him to the major domo of the king which is kind of what he was already mm-hmm. um it took away from the the whimsy of kiss the girl and under the sea because mm-hmm. in both of those instances he is conducting yeah. the the fishes around him like sebastian's superpower in the original is kind of music mm-hmm. i can see that i i appreciated I do think I kind of missed him being a conductor, but I like the complexity that they created around him. We got to see a little bit more of of both sides of his experience with Trident and, and Ariel. I don't need Aquafina in any more Disney movies. I, I'm uh, man, I loved it. I thought she was great. I do think her voice is a little too recognizable to use in, in more, but um, I thought she was great in this. I don't think I needed Guppy at all. Flounder. That one. Who is a guppy? <laughs> Flounder is, he was the one I had the least problem with. Because I know you probably saw that you may have seen the 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 concept art or the rumored concept art for Flounder. Mm-hmm. I'll send it to you. But having that possibly in mind, um, seeing Flounder just being a fish, I'm like, oh, I'm okay. I'm okay with this. I mean, I'm I'm glad he was a fish. I just think his character does not add anything. Yeah, he wasn't in there a lot, and he's not really in that much of the the original. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really have much of a purpose besides, you know, he's the best friend until until uh, Ariel gets legs, and then Sebastian's the person who's so. Ooh, I just had an I just had this idea in Moana. You think Pua is going to be the one to go on the adventure. Mm-hmm. But it turns out Hey Hey is the one that goes on the adventure. Mm-hmm. Pua is Flounder. Okay. The character that people are going to like the most. But, and the, the, the character that, that the main character has a better relationship with. Mm-hmm. But it just doesn't happen like that. What is Aquafine's character's name? Is it- Scuttle. Scuttle. I kept thinking swaddle for a second. Um, so I want Scuttle and Sebastian and Flounder to be a team, and they, like, almost got there. But Flounder was just, just the weak link. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't add any, he doesn't add anything, any thoughts or actions to the team. Right. I think that's my problem he, with him. Yeah, he's a very inactive character. Yeah. What else did you, I, I know I've been ranting for a minute. What else did mm-hmm. you bump against that you didn't like? At the very end, I I thought the the wide display of the merpeople uh, on land with all of the humans, I thought it was a bit much. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't <clears throat> think I needed that. I liked her father coming to say goodbye and giving Eric his blessing kind of, but like in a not like blessing kind of way and shooing them off. I I like that a lot. And I think you could have just cut it there. Mm -hmm. Great. Music swells and we're out. Uh, So I don't think I needed that. I was joking with my sister about that. I like that they show that the mer people come in all different colors and everything and shapes and Mm -hmm. sizes. Where are the ugly mer people? Like where yeah. the, the you know the not everyone is not everyone is gorgeous, you know yeah. not everyone is you know a model or stuff. Like where are the plain, the air quotes plain looking merfolk, mm-hmm. you know, like where's the Quasimodo mer mer person, <laughs> you know <laughs> that's really fucked up. But you know what I mean. <laughs> you know? Wow. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other things I didn't like. There just weren't that there weren't that many. Uh I did really like how batshit crazy Ursula got um when Ariel stole stole her voice back. I thought that was great. I like that. Um <laughs> uh needless to say, Hallie Bailey was amazing. She was great mm-hmm. in this. Uh, yeah. her acting she's not she's it's not A plus, but mm-hmm. it's it was very good. Yeah, I liked her a lot, and I liked her voice. I thought it was a good fit, mm-hmm. and I I think um, they did a great job, and she did a great job in the scenes where she didn't have any lines. 
um, of emoting effectively and you could really tell kind of what was going on and in her mind even though you couldn't hear it the scene that you were just talking about with her stealing her voice back i like mm-hmm. how she just went for it yeah no bullshit there's no 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 like trying to get anyone's attention like mm-hmm. No. <laughs> this this is mine. I know what's happened and I'm going after her. Yeah. All that to say, I needed more from Melissa McCarthy. You know what? So did I. And Matt was saying that she was his favorite part and I was just like, it just wasn't, it wasn't quite there for me. It was, I don't, go ahead. I don't know if it was too staged. I think that might have been it, is that I would have liked something a little less scripted. Mm-hmm. I thought that her song was good. I think you're right. And and it goes to me, my my disliking of them just taking lines verbatim. It, like mm-hmm. her monologue, a lot of it, before she goes into Poor Unfortunate Souls, like the whole meeting of Ariel, the whole mm-hmm. thing is, it's straight from the, the original. Down mm-hmm. to your, because I remember when we talked about Little Mermaid during the bracket, one of the mm-hmm. lines that you loved was mm-hmm. we must not linger in doorways it's rude mm-hmm. and i was like i wonder if she's gonna say that and she said mm-hmm. it and i'm like okay we are doing nothing new we yeah. are just reading the lines We're but not- i don't think that's i don't think that's true it's it's there was a lot that was similar i'd love a i'd love some metrics on this can someone do some analysis and get back to us yeah. on, on what percentage of of uh lines were new <laughs> i mean it's possible but I th- I think like a lot of it and and with Melissa McCarthy the stuff that she improvised mm-hmm. was funny like the the line where she's like where uh, Ariel says uh, that's you're different than what you're different than what uh, Father described you as when basically when Father described you as a sea witch and she's like mm-hmm. described me as a what now like the just the, <laughs> that the, was good that was funny because it's new yeah. and it's kind of yes it's it's. It's it's showing there were, Melissa McCarthy. There were a couple of those moments, but you're right, it didn't show through. And we got a little bit more of, like as you mentioned, tying to um, her being family. But then we didn't get really the backstory of how she was made a pariah. Yes, we needed again um, relationships. So like, if we're gonna if we're gonna if we're gonna mention this two or three times, then like give us a little bit more so we can buy into it. Because I think what we were looking for there was the Maleficent backstory. Yeah. Uh, and we just didn't quite get it. I think that you want the live action remakes to be like Cruella. Where you've got all of the tr- hallmarks of these original movies and you've got the basic plot lines, but you're exploring a different angle. No. I want the, no? I want the live action remakes to be like the Jungle Book. Where the characters are there, the settings are there, but the story and exploration of relationships are different. For example, the new things in the Jungle Book that fundamentally change the story. Shere Khan's vendetta against... Heavy spoilers for Grace. <laughs> it's been years. Um, I've been saying I'm going to watch it for years. The, the relationship between Mowgli and Shere Khan... The reason that Shere Khan is after Mowgli is explored. The way that Mowgli and Baloo move through the movie is significantly different enough. I mean, mm-hmm. you still have I Want to Be Like You. You still have Bare Necessities because those are the things that you need in this movie. Like, you mm-hmm. can't... Like, if they were going to make this... If they made The Little Mermaid without Kiss the Girl, Part of Your World, and Under the Sea, what the fuck are we even doing? Yeah. But you yeah. could have changed everything around it like sebastian's not a conductor um sebastian's okay <laughs> what else is you know eric is adopted story eric yeah. is adopted which mm-hmm. nice but i i'll take it or leave it but it's mm-hmm. different enough that like eric's wants and desires are different i think you're actually proving your point that this is actually a decent adaptation it's a, a different live action it's a decent movie it is if you watch one or the other you are fine but because they took so much from the original it is a it is a it's too much of a shot for shot remake too much of but it, not as bad as lion king oh no i've gotten us 
off track yeah. talking about live actions, but maybe let's get back to music. Yeah, I mean, the part of your world was great. Uh, I know some people just didn't care for it, but that's it's fine. Um, I liked it a lot. I will acknowledge her switching between singing and, and speaking in the song could have been better, I think. It could have been more distinct. I don't have an opinion either way. I mean, I think it was fine, but I recognize, mm-hmm. yeah, it's different, and it could have been... There could have been improvements. Every every time I hear that song, and any Broadway, this movie, the original, every time I hear those spoken lines, I think it must be so difficult to deliver that honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where it's not, it's not a lyric, but it's a interjection. Yeah, it must be so difficult. So I I thought she did a. There was one that was better than the other, um, but I know what you mean. What did you think of Under the Sea? I liked it. I thought it was funny how Ariel was kind of engaged, then disengaged, then like really engaged, and then poof. Yeah. Um, I thought that was pretty funny. I thought it was, I, I thought it was really well done um, because it's such a theatrical, I mean, it's it's really, I just want to be king. I can't, I just can't wait to be king. It's that sequence, but for Little Mermaid. And it's supposed to be so whimsical. So how do you make live action sea creatures this whimsical? How do you and I thought it? they did uh, Yeah, and I thought they did a great job. I thought it was fun. I thought it was as realistic as sea creatures being coordinated in dance as it could be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I enjoyed it. What did you think? Um I liked it once I got over the fact once I got past the idea in my head that you know, we weren't going to have sea creatures playing choral saxophones. Yes. Because I was like, how? Because as soon as the song started, I start thinking, how are they going to do this? Like, what is this going to look mm-hmm. like? And I'm I'm guilty of overthinking during a lot of these movies. I will be the first person to say it. But once I sat and just enjoyed it, I'm like, oh, it's okay. And the, the original is so ingrained in my DNA, mm-hmm. you know, as a movie fan. Just having Sebastian and Ariel singing as opposed mm-hmm. to an entire chorus of fish singing. I had to accept that this is a more grounded take. Mm-hmm. And like the fish aren't going to sing, which prepared me for Kiss the Girl, when only Scuttle and Sebastian and Flounder were singing. Mm-hmm. Because that's a product, like you said, these are they're more theatrical and it's a production to get yeah. these two to kiss. Yeah, And it was really just, this time it was just friends egging Ariel on. Egging Eric on. Yeah. Not Ariel. Yeah. But, okay, so we're, we're transitioning to Kiss the Girl now. I thought it was, I thought it was fun. Um, I thought it walked a really good line of staying true to the story as it was in the animated movie without being skeezy. And I think, yeah, I just thought, I thought the lyric changes were good. You might, do you have the lyric changes up? Uh, I don't yet. So there were a couple changes that made it less forcing yourself on a girl that I appreciated. I thought it was interesting that, I mean, we didn't, we haven't talked about this yet, that uh, Ursula added a curse so that she couldn't remember that she needed to kiss him. I think that was unnecessary. I think it worked because otherwise she could have just fucking kissed him. Like they, they it was clear that <laughs> there was one. chemistry. Day one. Yeah. It's clear that they're into it. So like she could have just kissed him. I think it could have been shown more. Like any time they got close to kissing, like they could have, there could have been more ch- chances where they got close to kissing, and something you know magical happened. Like there was a you know a sound effect that showed, oh, this is the curse working. Mm. She changes her mind, or anytime the curse is in effect, like she could, Eric gets cock blocked for some reason. You know, mm-hmm. something like that. It could have been more visual. I did have an issue, speaking of curses, I did have an issue that when Ursula comes back as, is she in Vanessa? Is she called Vanessa in this? I don't think by name, but she's in the credits. I think she may be called Vanessa once. So when Vanessa comes, I don't think there's a clear enough visual representation that Eric is cursed. Eyes. It's always the eyes. It's it. It was one. You, you get one flash of his eyes, and that's it. Right. And and there are a few different scenes where he's in that state, and I thought it was too passive. I think. Yeah. Fair. I thought it was too passive. If if you're gonna say that he's cursed, which I don't know that you had to, but if you're gonna say that he's cursed, I think it needed to be more 
more visible. I agree with you. And I think a way you could have shown that is an interaction, again, interactions between mm-hmm. him and Ariel while he's under the spell. Mm-hmm. He could have, because this is the day after you see their big long day on the town. And mm-hmm. Eric could have done a complete 180 attitude wise um, towards Ariel. And mm-hmm. that could have been, oh, what's going on? Yeah. You know, and everybody could have seen it. Scuttle could have seen it. Sebastian could have seen it because they were there on the date. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait, what's going on? Something's up. Yeah. Uh, kiss the girl. I have the lyrics up. Do you want me to read the old lyrics and the new one? Yeah. Go ahead and do that. So the part that they changed. Just, mm-hmm. yeah. Just the part that they changed. Yeah. So the old lyric is, yes, you want her. Look at her. You know you do. Possible she wants you to. There's one way to ask her. It don't take a word, not a single word. Go on and go on and kiss the girl. Old version, kind of problematic. New version, yes, you want her. Look at her, you know you do. Possible she wants you to. Use your words, boy, and ask her. If the time is right and the time is tonight, go on and kiss the girl. Hashtag consent. Yes. That's really, that's really all I that's needed it. from it. That's like, it. That's it. Everything else is fine. Such a much more, <laughs> much a, such a much more romantic song now. Yeah. I'm, I'm completely fine with it. Anything else you want to say about music? I completely didn't need Scuttlebutt or uh, the the Princess song. The Princess song kind of felt a little awkward to me, just the staging of it. It felt really awkward. Scuttlebutt, I felt like <laughs> it did make me laugh. I don't think I needed it to be as long as it was. Um, it's pretty short, too. I, I, yeah, I forgot that. Lin-Manuel had anything to do with this and then we got there and I was like oh oh this is definitely this is definitely Lin-Manuel Miranda that song is Lin-Manuel Miranda entering the movie like the Kool-Aid man (laughs) kicking down the wall (laughs) little Lin-Manuel Miranda has entered the chat oh yeah (laughs) yeah the print this, this continues the trend of the male lead in the in the movie getting a song that I absolutely hate Looking at you evermore from Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. Other than that, everything else is fine. I already said that I enjoyed Ariel's uh, musical inner monologue, like the so- the whole song of it. I was fine with it because it, it gave us more time. Her emoting, you know, mm-hmm. without using her cartoonish face because she doesn't have a cartoonish face because she's not a cartoon. Yeah. So that was that was the way we did that in the cartoon without her mm-hmm. saying a word. Some quick trivia. Jodie Benson, the original voice of Ariel, has a cameo as the woman in the bazaar that gives Ariel the Dinglehopper. I loved that scene. Yeah. I like, I was actively cringing and and giggling. (laughs) It was when they got to the town, I was like, huh, I wonder if Jodie Benson's going to be in this movie. And surprise, Mm -hmm. Jodie Benson. Mm -hmm. Um, I like that cameo because it was subtle, like when Mm -hmm. McNa shows up in Mulan. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it was it was a grand entrance, but when she showed up, but it was she was there and then she wasn't. So this isn't on my trivia, but you mentioned how how uh, does you were wondering how the the fish, the sea creatures are going to move in under the sea. Uh, I watched an interview with Rob Marshall and he got a dance company Mm -hmm. to basically be the, the creatures Mm-hmm. And I was watching another video where the sea turtles that she's sitting on are mm-hmm. actually people in blue screen suits moving and dancing with her on top of them. Yeah. And I'm like, somehow that just all makes sense now. It's, it's perfect. <laughs> I, w- I would love to see more. So she posted a behind the scenes photo of some of those dancers. Mm-hmm. I would love to see more behind the scenes footage from that song specifically. That's something I miss with blu-rays and everything going to disney plus Mm -hmm. don't don't you remember when you know blu-ray dvd combo packs had you know hours of bonus features and interviews and stuff Mm -hmm. and behind that i love it i miss it so much i just realized we haven't talked about javier bardem at all oh yeah let's talk about him what do you think um i was on board i again i wish if they had given him and ursula more to do uh, mm-hmm. m- more interactions. I think he could have shown more. He could have flexed his, you know, his acting chops a little bit more. But it, he was just—he was one of the main ones that was nothing really new. He was 
just doing the Triton that was in the original. I honestly, I think I've been scarred from him being the villain too many times. Mm. Um, like, I kept thinking of Bond. <laughs> I was like, this uh, is, yeah. or I'm having no, a hard time trusting him. Or No Country for Old Men. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ooh, is this a situation where, I don't know how much you're on Twitter. But a thread is uh, post the villain of a movie and then post the real villain of the movie. Ursula is the villain of the movie, but the real villain mm-hmm. is is Triton. Oh, I mean, yeah, like he totally, he definitely caused this cascade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did he? He didn't die in the original. Like his character didn't die in the original movie, right? No, he was turned into one of the little shrimp things. One of the little that's right. Things. Yeah. Okay, I forgot about that. Yeah, I was like, whoa, this just got <laughs> this just got real serious real quick. And then they brought him back. I was like, oh, okay. I liked it, though, because Ariel got to see her father electrocuted to death, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. That was an interesting way to take him out. Like, like you said, yeah. it was dark. And I really wish that we could, have ex- we could have gotten more from the sisters. Yeah, they just disappeared. Well, they were visiting. They were in town for the, the moon. Yeah, that's fine. But... Like, I want a Daughters of Triton movie now so I can, you know, what their rapport is with Ariel. And again, it's un- it's unfortunate that I read Part of Your World, the twisted tale mm-hmm. for Little Mermaid. And the I think his her oldest sister is featured more in that book. Mm-hmm. I think that's all the trivia I have. Um, anybody else that we missed? I know we, I mean, I could gush about Hall- uh, Halle Bailey, but I mean, just be repeating what everyone else has said. She was great. Um, her acting was okay, but she's got to, I think she's going to be great in the future. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see her in the color purple this December. That movie is stacked. You got anything else? No, I think that's it. Uh, what do you grade it? I think a solid B, maybe a B plus. I always feel like I grade a little high when we have a podcast. So I was thinking B plus, but then like level setting in a month or so, I'll probably think it's like a B. I think I'll go B minus. It was a good movie. Mm-hmm. It just relies a lot on the original source material. Mm-hmm. With that said, I think it's a lot better than some of the more recent uh, live action remakes that we got. I th- mm-hmm. I still think Jungle Book and Cinderella are kind of the and Cruella are the standards for these live action adaptations, mm-hmm. but. I think of the big four that we've gotten, Lion King, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, I think of those four, I think I gotta go Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King. Yeah, I'd agree. Again, I don't think I'm going to watch it again unless unless someone wants to do a drinking game. It's definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely a good drinking game. Also, it's kind of long. It's over two hours. It is. Yeah. It's like two hours and 14 minutes, I think. Yeah. It's it's a whole, it's it's almost a whole nother original Little Mermaid's worth of movie in here. Mm-hmm. So, and they still couldn't give us, uh, you know, backstory with Triton and Ursula. Yeah. Because when they're fighting over the Triton, that could have been, Ursula feels like she was misunderstood, but Triton could be like, you were actually killing people with magic. What were you, what, what did you expect this to be? <laughs> Ooh, side note, headcanon. Ursula is in charge of everything. All the villains across Disney that try to get their way, you know, use magic, it's all Ursula. Because hmm. she has in the song, people come flocking to my cauldron, crying spells Ursula please, and I help them. It's all Ursula. And the people that couldn't pay the price, hmm. Callahan from Big Hero 6, Facilier from Princess and the Frog, Hans from Frozen. Those are all the people that couldn't pay the price. So Eric, so Ursula had to fuck him over. I like it. That's my head cannon. Why? Look, the, the bolt of lightning that causes the boulder to fall on the evil queen at the end of Snow White. Mm-hmm. Ursula's like, I warned you. Here's a bolt of lightning. <laughs> you had one job. Yep. Kill the girl and get out. But you got caught by the by the seven little men. Speaking of Snow White, boom, segue. What uh, adaptations do we have coming up next? So in March of 2024, we have Snow White starring Rachel Ziegler and Gal Gadot. I cannot wait to see Gal as a villain. I can't wait. 
It's going to be interesting because she's always a a hero. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have, did I know about this one? We have Mufasa, the Lion King in July of 2024. Uh, I don't did know I if you know about the, I don't know if you knew about the date, but it's been in talks for a while. Same director. Is it live action? Yeah. Mm. No, I didn't know about this. Yes. Okay. And then Lilo and Stitch. I don't need Lilo and Stitch. I don't either. They have a whole cast picked, though. So as much as we don't want it, it's happening. Yeah. I do not need that. I I want more. Maybe I was projecting earlier. I want more of the side stories. What do you mean? The other, other perspectives. I want more Cruella and more Maleficent and more Scar's backstory. I want the villain backstories. I have hope for Mufasa. The only thing I'm, the only thing that I need them to get right, and I'm not, I know I'm not alone in this. The one thing that you have to get right is the person you choose to be the voice of Mufasa. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the only thing you have to get right. Everything mm-hmm. else, because it's a prequel about Mufasa, there's no source material. All you have I mean- to do is get the right actors. James Earl Jones is still alive, right? He's retired. He gave Lucasfilm permission to use his voice for his... Darth Vader in perpetuity. So mm-hmm. I think he's effectively retired. It, it doesn't work for young Mufasa. Right. It works for adult Mufasa. Right. So who has the voice of young James Earl Jones? All I can think of is uh, of him in the Sandlot, because that oh, was yeah. younger him. I don't know if his voice is deep enough, but uh, Winston Duke, I don't know who that is. Mbaku from Black Panther. Mm, mm-hmm. Um. Oh yeah, he would be great. Brian Tyree Henry from uh, Atlanta and Into the Spider Verse. Sorry, Academy Award nominee Brian Tyree Henry. Ooh. He's in another show that I've been watching, uh, Class of '09, on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Good show. Who wants to? Oh, it's Monday. New episode hasn't come out yet. I think it comes out on Wednesday. Um, but yeah, all you got to do is get Mufasa right. Get someone with gravitas and who can mm-hmm. just just eat on a on a voice performance, mm-hmm. and it'll be fine. You got to get mm-hmm. Scar right. You got to get Mufasa right. Um. My one cool shot, I guess I'll say my one cool shot is when Ursula is brewing the potion and mm-hmm. she, um, all the, the, the smoke and everything that's coming out of her, like all the, the shadow tentacles that are coming out of the cauldron look mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah. I liked her lair a lot. I thought that was cool. And just all the aerial shots, huh, no pun intended, all of the <laughs> aerial shots of the island itself that they were on. I really liked the shots on the ship because, like, I didn't think I was going to be interested in and really like that whole part at all. But I thought that was engaging and and the the scene, especially him kind of like jumping around to the different zones and like ah oh yeah 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 him just swinging around and everything mm-hmm. that was cool and the the scene where the moment when they throw Max overboard to get him off the ship and she just kind of mm-hmm. magics she pushes him along in the water mm-hmm. was so cool I like that. We love dogs here in this podcast. We are a pro dog podcast. Oh, I know, I know what my one cool shot is. Mm. Uh, it was during the fire sequence uh, when the ship was burning. Like really, that whole sequence where the ship crashed. Yeah, and there were like the waves were crazy, and um, yeah, I thought that was so cool. And then the, the the part I'm thinking of specifically is you see the view of the ship on fire from under the water and it looks like it's glittering you're right that's a better scene that's a better shot speaking of shots ooh, (laughs) the segways grace what what you got for drunk disney drunk disney drink for every song drink every time the trident glows and drink any time mer people mer maid merman is used cool that's our review of the Little Mermaid, the new one, not the old one, even though they're kind of close and similar. Let us know what you think on uh, our social media. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney Versus, on Twitter at Disney BS, 
and on Instagram at Disney Versus Podcast. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcast. I'm really glad we're back. It's been a long time. I'm glad we can get back to re- reviewing movies and talking about Disney. Um, we got a lot of stuff coming up that we're planning on. Uh, I need to talk to Grace, but I really want to do a news episode because a lot of trailers dropped, like uh, Wish and Elemental, even though we're going to be doing an Elemental episode in about three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of stuff coming up from Disney that I'm excited about. We didn't even talk about we mentioned briefly that there is a whole cast for Lilo and Stitch that has been put together. A lot coming up from the, the Mouse House. Woo! We are also on the road to episode 100, and we are excited about that. We are planning something very big for that. Hopefully, my computer doesn't crash again, so <laughs> we can actually get it posted. Thank you for listening, as always, and we will see y'all next episode. Goodbye.